Welcome to this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. I'm Lav, soon to be joined by Rex. And this is a very special edition. We are taping this on Wednesday night live from the PGA Tours Global Home. That's a fancy way of saying this is their new, all-new state-of-the-art headquarters. First time I've been in it, it is uh, spectacular, certainly a sight to behold. We have been ushered up to the third floor. We will be taking in the World Golf Hall of Fame induction ceremony. We're going to have Tim Fincham, the former PGA Tour commissioner, be enshrined. We're going to have Susie Maxwell-Burning. We will have Marion Hollis, who will be honored posthumously. Oh, yeah, and we will also have the GOAT, Tiger Woods, who will take his place officially among the game's legends as the latest inductee in the class of 2022. We'll break down all things Tiger. And, of course, we will also give a preview for the Players' Championship, which gets underway Thursday at TBC Sawgrass. It has been a very eventful week. We'll certainly recap PJ Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan's address to the press, where he was asked about 27 different ways about Phil Mickelson. And we'll get into all of the favorites, the sleepers, the other storylines to watch. But first, Odyssey is the number one putter on the PGA Tour. And all this month, they'll be highlighting their continued success at golf's biggest events. This week at the Players, you will see their beautiful new staff bags and head covers on TV and a whole lot more over the next few weeks. Odyssey is the number one putter on every major tour. And their newest products like the White Hot OG, Tri Hot 5K, and the 11 are already winning in the professional ranks. We will see if they can add another big win at Sawgrass. Now, for more on the number one putter on tour, visit Callaway, or excuse me, odysseygolf.com and find your new putter today. Rex, I've done so many of these teases. I just figured that was going to say callawaygolf.com. I got, I got sloppy. I got reckless. And I apologize to my friends at Odyssey. You, you're like a Pavlovian dog is what happened there. You were heading into a corner and you just kept walking into the corner. I, I literally, I was just like stopping. I, I just stopped looking at the screen because I was like, oh, of course it's going to say CalaveGolf.com. We've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now. Of course it was going to. I'm going to be a good teammate here and just cover for you. Move on. You're breathless because it's been a breathless week. When you look at what we have already done so far this week, and there hasn't even been a shot that matters hit on TPC Sawgrass. We got here Tuesday afternoon. was dominated by the commissioner in his press conference. It was only 40 minutes, but it was 40 minutes filled with a lot of questions about the Super, Super League, a lot of questions about Phil Mickelson, a lot of questions about transparency. It, it was not the best of press conferences for the commissioner. We'll touch on that. Tonight, as you pointed out, we're at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony for, for Tiger Woods. Let's be honest. You said it earlier. You would not be here if it was not for... Have you been to one of these before? Oh, I've, I haven't been to one of those, these before. And, and quite frankly, this might be the last one uh, I, I ever go to. I'll be able to see the, the, the speech transcript on ASAP Sports. I wanted to be here. I wanted to listen to, to Sam Woods uh, introduce the old man. I wanted to see what Tiger reflected on. We have a, a rundown here. Uh, we know exactly how this show is going to go. And Tiger is expected to speak for about seven minutes. That's what they've timed out. They have an, a, a feature where they're showcasing all of his accomplishments and all of uh, certainly uh, all of the impact that he has had over his 25 year career. They're projecting that at eight minutes. So the Tiger Woods highlight reel is longer than what uh, he is supposed to give for his speech. I am curious 
what he's going to say. Because if you look strictly on course accomplishments, you could make the argument that uh, he is the GOAT. If you look at his reach, I don't think there has been a player as impactful in the world of golf, perhaps uh, since Arnold Palmer. But if you look at Tiger Woods as the global phenomenon, I'm not sure, Rex, we've ever seen someone like him. The scandals, the controversy, um, the uh, unparalleled excellence. He is uh, the most fascinating athlete of the last quarter century. And I'm, I'm hoping to see at least some self-reflection about that. You don't think 15 minutes, seven of him talking, eight of a feature, you don't think 15 minutes can cover the entirety of that career? No, and, and quite frankly, so I went to the World Golf Hall of Fame on Monday. Uh, I'd never been there, I'd never been there either, just like I've never been to one of these induction ceremonies. And I kept saying I was uh, uh, squared around by the, uh, the hall's guest director, a lovely one by the name of uh, Jess Monroe. And I kept saying to her over and over again, how does Tiger not have his own wing? Said he's being inducted in the class of 2022. Give the guy his own wing, give him his own floor, give him his own building. Because what how this ends up happening is every inductee gets like one glass case and they can put whatever they want in there. They're loaning these items to the World Golf Hall of Fame. You typically on loan in this particular case until June 30th, and they get their items back. And everyone has a locker at the Hall of Fame. Well, they have some items that are preserved for posterity. You can put whatever you'd like in there behind a plexiglass wall. So most inductees get one case. Two, I think if your uh, career was hugely significant, Tiger Woods, perhaps not surprisingly, had three cases. That is believed to be the most space ever dedicated to a new inductee. And it still felt wildly insufficient. And I can you can go to golfchannel.com. I did a... a kind of peek behind the curtain of what's actually in there. And there was some cool stuff, right? There was a 1992 Western High School MVP plaque. I thought that was cool. There was a decree from the city of Cypress in California, basically commending a then seven-year-old Tiger Woods for having extraordinary golf ability. There was little kind of things like that. There was a Yorba Linda invitational staff bag that he got. And then there was the stuff you'd expect, right? The 2019 Masters flood that he signed, the Zozo trophy from 2019 where he uh, tied Sam Snead's PGA Tour wins record. All that was in there. And yet it still felt like a letdown. Like how, how in 2022, when you're trying to look at Tiger Woods' career, you don't have just an entire wing dedicated to this guy for what he's accomplished. I think 15 minutes to cover the entirety of his career isn't enough. I think three cases in the World Golf Hall of Fame is not enough. But in their defense, I don't know what we would have considered enough. And, and I think in Tiger's mind, enough is enough. I mean, look, I'm sure he's going to save her tonight. He's having his daughter introduce him, which I think is going to be very, very special. We saw him walk in with his family, including his son, Charlie, and his mother. Clearly, this means a lot to him. I just don't know how we put all of this into context, because as you just, again, breathlessly pointed out, there is so much that goes into who he is and what he has accomplished in his career. We kind of broke it. We had your story, which was very good, kind of taking a look behind the curtain of what's going to be in the Hall of Fame. You're kind of hemming, hawing back and forth. I'll give you a very good to eh, meh, yeah. kind of somewhere in there. Kind of mailed it in. I don't know. Kind of, kind of mailed it in. The other stories that we we took a look at was we examined the years. I got the Butch Harmon years, which I think when we break down. Got to, got to speak to Butch, did you? I did get to speak to Butch. And as always, he was entertaining. And we actually traded text messages that afternoon about the story. 
because those years were very fast. Quibbling with some of the reports? Absolutely or? not. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I'll show you the text. It was, it was very complimentary. And oh, thank okay. you for doing this. And my point was, thank you for asking my asinine questions, because look, this is very, very simple. This is stuff we've gone over. But when you look at what he accomplished with Butch, it was the Tiger Slam. It was winning seven of 11 majors. Butch said it was the 142 cuts made that stood out in his mind. That was the most uh, compelling accomplishment that he had done. And then we moved on to the Haney years, which again, first ballot Hall of Famer. You can look, he became a different player. He became a less good driver, let's call it, for lack of a better term. I guess there is probably a better term out there. Definitely than less good, yes. Yes. I, I think he became <laughs> right. a... Mr. Writer, man. I think he became a better long iron player. I don't think there's any debate about that. You I look- mean, 2006, 2005 to 2009 was arguably his best stretch of golf. Sure. I, I think summer 2000 was perhaps the best golf we've ever seen. But you're talking about a sustained level of dominance. You look at... 2005 to 2009, unfortunately, when he uh, hit the fire hydrant. I, I mean, that stretch of golf was ridiculous. He's winning seven, eight times during the calendar year. Well, and I'm going to steer the conversation where I want to go. And strokes game numbers are even better. Absolutely. And, and But this is where this is where I'm going to be selfish when it comes to the podcast versus what we do on Writer's Block, which is what we Oh, you're going to differentiate the podcast, right? I am. I, I think, I think people will be very pleased differentiate to. between what we do on Rider's Block, what we did today on Live From. We kind of did a smaller version, even, of Rider's Block. We had the opportunity of doing that. I think both of us enjoyed it. I'm going to say you had the Harmon years, you had the Haney years. Again, first ballot Hall of Fame. We can sit here and, and parse them, but you could look at those records and be like, yes, either one of those careers, easily in the Hall of Fame. It's the other years that I find fascinating, which you and I talked about it today. There's one major championship. It's the Masters in 2019. There's 11 PGA Tour victories. And I don't know if you just gave me that resume without giving me a name. If you just gave me a blind taste test here and said, okay, here's what this player accomplished. Does it go in the Hall of Fame? And if it was, if it was 11 wins, if it was one major championship being the Masters, if it was a successful uh, President's Cup where he was a captain and a player, I don't know if that gets him in just right off the top. Because the litmus test here would be Freddie Couples, right? So probably the wins. most controversial Hall of Fame pick in recent memories. I would say Retief Guzman, since I've already dug in on that. And he's already Two majors. Me, he's already told me how much he hates me for digging in on that. Nothing, Hi, Retief. Thanks for listening. Nothing against Retief's career. Again, Retief, nothing against your career. It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Good. And that's been my argument all along. However, if you put Tiger's name on that resume and you put it in context of everything he accomplished after all of the surgeries, all of the personal problems, all of the injuries, the car crash, everything that he's been through, I think he's, he gets into the Hall of Fame three times at least. I mean, it's, it's unfathomable to even have this conversation that a guy who was at vastly different points of his career, obviously, vastly different points of his life, different golf swings, different bodies, to have three Hall of Fame careers in one, it is just ridiculous. But to, to answer your question, I think I would lean that he would be a Hall of Famer from the other years. The other years. Yeah. Post, you can call it post-hydrant, right? Because 2010, 2011 were kind of lost years. You get back to 2012, he won three times. 2013, won five times, including a WGC event. And, oh, yeah, the Players' Championship, you look at 2019, uh, won the Masters. A little bit of a big deal. Zozo Championship. Tying uh, Sam, Sam Snead. Tying Sam Snead. All-time wins. And then you look at the playing captain aspect so you, you yes hurt while hurt broken well broken yes i mean and so he was taking rex he took did not play a tournament in 2016 he played one tournament in 2017 missed the cut 
That is it. He played seven times in 2014. He has a Hall of Fame career. And how many starts? Well, basically making, I'm doing very quick math here. Forgive me. We're talking about 50 events. Yes. That, that's, we're talking about 50. That's very quick math. You may want to check that math. I think we're looking closer to 70. Okay. That's 70, that's probably, that's probably closer. <laughs> and, and once you start talking again, I'll, I'll do more accurate math. So based on what they normally play in a season. So if you were calling it 70, that's roughly three seasons. In three seasons of a, of a broken, battered, injured, hurt player, he accomplished these things that if you lay them out on paper, it's like 80, 80 to 90 events, and he won 11 of them. Yes. So his winning percentage was somewhere north of 10% while a, having a drastically reduced swing speed, different body, different limitations, mm -hmm. a, a PJ Tour crop that is probably bigger, stronger, faster than ever before. And yet he's still won 11 times, including WGCs, including a major championship, including a player's championship, and including a playing captain on the road and getting the W. And a dominant W. I mean, when you look at no, that wasn't a dominant dub, but that was that was the final day comeback at Royal Melbourne. Remember, mm. because of Tiger's guile and his expertise, you might point out. I don't. They were able. They were able to stage really a final day comeback. I don't think they were you ever. covered that one. It was like two years ago. I don't think it was ever in question. However, and I would also point out like they were trailing going into singles that he had to reinvent himself at least twice over the course of that. Let's call it 70, 80, 90 events. That there were various injuries that caused him to do different things. It was a Sean Foley. Year. And after enduring, not just physical, he endured the worst sex scandal of the internet age. Tiger yes. Woods did in 2009 with all the attendant shame and, divorce. and embarrassment and the divorce. Have that in addition to the physical, in addition to actually having to compete. I mean, it's just unfathomable and here and you're the grief feeder so you're gonna love this <laughs> you are because you're gonna look at this and you're gonna say to yourself okay Haney was great Harmon was great it's these other years that you savor because there was so much more to the story if you're writing the story the Harmon years and the Haney years are two separate chapters and then the other eight or nine chapters are the other years because those are the fascinating ones right yes the dominance when he was with Harmon as a kid winning the Masters by 12 strokes that was a transformative victory for all of society forget about golf like what he was able to do there and still that would be a footnote if you looked at the entirety of his career in these other years that's why it's, this is just it's a, this is an impossible task trying to write tonight like i don't know what i don't even mean I'm, think i'm gonna try actually one of my pickup wires what <laughs> this is too big to write pickup wire one of my theories rex while writing is the bigger the event the smaller you write in other words, you pick one moment of a very big event, a big evening, and just absolutely hammer it home, find a theme, and don't give up until you're done with that story. Because if you look at Tiger Woods entirety of his career and you wanted to write all that, it'd be 50,000 words on deadline. It's just not going to it's not going to happen. I mean, books have been written, and they still haven't covered everything that goes into this. I just think it's fascinating to me when you look at the other people who have gone into the Hall of Fame, Retief Goosen being the primary one. Hi, Retief. Sorry, Retief. Or Freddie Couples. And yes, it's debatable. Freddie had a Players' Championship, a Masters, and 13 PGA Tour victories. That seems to be the modern litmus test. And clearly, you would say everything else that goes into this, that Tiger is going to be the one that gets it done. Yeah. I, I just think it's, it's an amazing situation. And I'm looking forward to this tonight. I'm, not, I'm with you. I'm not looking forward to trying to write it.
Are you doing the column or am I doing, am I doing the column? Are we, are we just gonna take, are we just gonna pick up AP? Uh, I was just gonna do blogs and then you can do the column. <laughs> blogs. We can figure it out after that. Uh, we have to touch on the players before we get out of here. We're sneaking up on seven o'clock and the ceremony starts. So what are you looking forward to the most this week at TPC Sawgrass? If, if you say that I'm a grief eater, you know what I also am? Yum, yum, yum. I am a meteorolo meteorological wonk. I absolutely love weather. I love atmospheric conditions. I love hellacious sort of conditions. And I want to be honest, it looks like we're about to get that at the Players' Championship. We're taping this on Wednesday night, as we mentioned. It certainly looks like Thursday morning could be a potential washout. It looks like Friday is going to be an absolute mess. But Saturday, if you guys are going to watch one day of action this week of the Players' Championship, and I strongly encourage you to check out all of the coverage, uh, Golf Channel and NBC, including reading our stories on golfchannel.com. However, if you were to pick one day, I would pick Saturday because in the morning it is supposed to be warm. In comes this cold front. The wind is supposed to be complete opposite direction. Get ratcheted up to 30 mile an hour gusts and the temperatures are going to plunge. The wind chill Rex for Sunday is expected to be between 25 and 30 degrees. This is why they moved this tournament from March to May because the weather was too unpredictable. But now we have a situation and look, it has been absolutely beautiful here over the past couple of weeks and it is not going to be that way for uh, the next couple of days, unfortunately. I think it, it, here's the part that I enjoyed the most in this situation. We, we absolutely make each other, we're so juvenile when it comes to our humor that we say words that make each other laugh. So you just tried to lean into meteorological. There it is. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed that it. second time. And I, I couldn't help but laugh. But the same thing happened today on the live room where I, I mentioned weaponized. The word, uh, I think it's leverage, has been weaponized by those who want to go to the server league. And I heard you out of the And I heard you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of spit out. Like, ah, Rex used a funny word. Well, and you tried to order something last night. Did I use weaponize again? No, you tried to order something last night that was somewhat, somewhere around like rivalry. Was it like, was it like a rigatoni? <laughs> no, what's it? I, I couldn't. I couldn't remember. You, you, had a, you had a really difficult time. Uh, well, I wanted cream mashed potatoes. No, uh, no. potatoes on broth. Yeah, no, you got potatoes. No, we want yeah. mashed potato. I want mashed potatoes. You got uh, cream spinach, which is a very strange choice. Right. Bruce Crisp last night. We're going to finish this up. Uh, so you, you're looking forward to the carnage, yeah. which you're telling me the most. Oh, my God, yeah. All right, so we had to do this real quick before we're out of here. We had to pick a winner on GolfChannel.com. You can check out all of our picks on GolfChannel.com. But who's your winner? Uh, my winner is Colin Morikawa. He has proven in his short but spectacular career to be a very quick learner. This is just Rex, his second appearance at TPC Sawgrass, he closed with a best of the day 66 last year in very difficult conditions uh, at TPC Sawgrass at that Players' Championship, even though he finished uh, well outside the top 30. Been playing great coming in here. He's the game's preeminent ball striker. And during a week in which you're going to have to hit it absolutely on the screws, uh, I like his chances the best. He was my biggest disappointment. You clearly didn't have my fun shot. I thought it was going to be John Rome. Uh, no, no. Well, it has to do with John Rahm. And I think that Conor Kawa clearly is a great ball striker. I agree with you. I, I do like his chances this week. That being said, he only has to finish in some sort of rough tie for second to take over world number one. He's had a bunch of looks at this, and he hasn't gotten it done, and I don't think he gets it done. But doesn't that take the pressure off? Uh, or, or, is, or is it the opposite? Kawa? 
Or is it the opposite? The longer it goes, the harder it is to actually accomplish. I think I, I would seriously, see, I don't even think, I mean, this is such a prestigious tournament that he'd like to add to his resume. He's already a two-time major champion. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's so focused on that, that just getting to world number one would be a, a byproduct of, of great play. Like, I really don't think he's thinking about number one anymore. Well, and I'm not 100% behind my pick. I went with Rory. And you're going to roll your eyes. Yeah, I, I, I immediately picked out the fact that his last 36 holes did not look good. He had out. He played the weekend. And Friday eight wasn't over. great either. Eight over. I mean, it was even par. It was good enough given the conditions. It was brilliant in the first round. And I keep going back to the stat that you threw out, that he has never won an event. I mean, it's amazing. With a single-digit uh, under uh, winning score. I don't know that we get much by that. I think I picked the winning score at 13 under. Playing big 12. Yeah, it's going to be somewhere around there. The part that gets me is... He is a good ball striker. And, and when his driver his is off. His iron play, Rex, has been terrible. Uh, his his wedge play has been terrible. His iron say. play. You look back to, since the fall, he has one tournament, one, in which he had positive strokes gained approach. That is the aspect of his game that is letting him down. It's not his driver. No. It's not his putter. In fact, in a very small sample size, entering Bay Hill, he was the number one putter uh, on the PGA Tour in terms of soak screen. I think he is a very uh, underrated scrambler. It is his iron play that has been very disappointing. And that's when you get to this golf course where you have to be so precise. That gives me a little bit of uh, hesitation. Uh, no, I don't feel great about it, but it, it's that driver and his ability to take over a golf course and it's going to be soft because it's wet. And you do look at where he has won his marquee events. Congressional at the U.S. Open was soft. Kiowa Island, where he won the PGA Championship, was soft. You can keep going down the list. Quail Hollow it was a was long soft. time ago. It was a long time ago. But still, if you look at where he plays his best, it's on those soft golf courses where he can use that. Doesn't one. everyone play better when it's soft? He, he can maximize. Oh, not necessarily. Like we talked about Zach Johnson. This afternoon. I mean, I'm, that, I'm talking. All right, I'm talking the best players in the world. If, if you give the, <laughs> okay. the top ten players, the best players in the world, a soft golf course, I think anyone can tear it up. Apologies to the U.S. Ryder Cup captain, because clearly Labner has no respect. Zach, I, I really like your chances this week. I mean, John Rahm, Morikawa, sure. Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland. Uh, I think Rory has made a career out of doing it, though. That career spans back a long time. He is not the Are same player. Are you saying that you're, you're going to say the thing? You're going to say that Rory's over the hill? No, I'm saying that. I feel like you're saying that. Thing. I'm saying on a soft golf course, would Rory be my number one pick? No. We're being loud. People are looking at us. Mm. Sorry, my friends. I'm, I got to be honest. I don't think on a soft golf course, Rory would not be my my number one choice. If I if I had to do a draft and they say, hey, it's going to dump rain. If you had to pick five players this week, okay. Rory would be in your five. Uh, five top five favorites yeah. this week. No, he would not. He, he would not. He would not. His iron play is is been ex- like very eye opening. Bad. I do think the conditions, and I wrote this as well, favor John Rom because his ball striking has been very very good this season. His putting has been bad, and it it is going to slow the greens down just enough that might mitigate all those struggles that he's having on the greens. And look, we mentioned the number of players who can get to world number one this week. Uh, Victor Hovland is one of those players. And to me, he is a very interesting player to watch. We touched on this on live from. He is statistically one of the worst uh, around the greens players on the PGA Tour. Of 217 who are qualified, he is 216. He is literally losing a shot per round around the greens. I love, literally the fifth time you've read me that stat. But I like I love Victor Hovland. I love his game. I think he is an absolute flusher. I think this is a perfect golf course for him. However, if the conditions really do deteriorate how we are anticipating and a lot of players are missing greens, 
That's not Victor Hovland's strong suit. It was made uh, painfully obvious last week at Bay Hill. And I think, unfortunately, if, if the tournament veers in that direction, um, I think in normal conditions, this could be a Victor Hovland week. I think if it could just deteriorate, uh, it really puts a, a stress on his short game that he might be exposed again. And that rough is juicy. They have uh, they longer, cut, actually longer. They than cut Monday. it Sunday. They will not cut it again. We talked about the, the rain that we're going to get. We talked about the idea it's going to be cold. It's not going to be an easy week. Buckle up. Looking forward to it. The deepest, the best field in tournament golf. What I think, Rex, I don't love the golf course personally. Really? Uh, but to me, it is my favorite tournament to cover from an on-site experience because I think you know, fan influence the stadium course, especially that back nine, uh, is just nonstop theater. So make sure you guys check out uh, Rex and myself on Live From. Be sure to read our stories on golfchannel.com. We'll have you guys covered, and we'll certainly be recapping the Players' Championship on Sunday night. We'll do a, we'll do a recap pod, Rex, while you drive uh, back to Long. How about that? We'll do a, we'll do a recap pod. Deal. We could do that for uh, thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. We're going to go watch Tiger Woods get inducted into the Hall of Fame. <laughs>